G'day, and welcome to Aussie Beer Voyage. My name's Adzi, I'm gonna be your host. Throughout this series, with my help and my mate Joel here behind the camera, we're gonna go and we're gonna interview different sort of breweries, owners, some industry reps, some bar owners, and a whole bunch of other cool characters you're gonna be fun to meet. Come along, enjoy it, take a ride with us. Our very first stop on Aussie Beer Voyage, Helios Brewing Company, which is located in the suburb of Yorongpili, about 10 to 15 minutes south of the Brisbane CBD, depending on the traffic. This brewery is a special place, not only for local craft beer lovers, but for me personally. I was lucky enough to spend almost two years working here, but more importantly for me, it was alongside their head brewer at the time, Charlie Hodgson. While Charlie has now moved on to Woolgoolga Brewing in New South Wales, with Jake Harrison taking over the reins in here, I got in to chat with him before in his final weeks. There were so many good times that we had and a lot of great beers, but those are stories for another time. So anyway, Helios Brewing is named after the Greek sun god Helios. In Greek mythology, he was charged with dragging the sun across the sky for the mortals using four horse-drawn chariots. You'll find a distinct Greek theme throughout all the beers that the company produces, from their core range Poseidon Pale Ale, Hades Bitter Chocolate Stout and Cyclops IPA, to annual releases such as the Mighty Kronos Stout Range, Dionysus Double Neeper, and the highly popular, and my personal favourite, Medusa Black IPA. The connection to the sun comes from the brewery's primary source of power, solar energy. The entire brewery was designed from the ground up by owner Scott Schomer to be as environmentally friendly as possible. With a range of cutting-edge environmental engineering, Helios was presented with the Lord Mayor's Business Award for Environmental Sustainability in 2021. He's just recently had a grant and has installed a prototype air conditioning system, which wasn't in when we had this chat, which was okay because it wasn't that hot anyway. The beers too have also claimed their fair share of awards, and I'm heading in to chat with the man behind the majority of those, my good mate, Charlie Hodgson. What's your brewing history? <laughs> um, it's fairly long. Um, I've been around the traps a little bit. I'm one of the few guys that's probably sort of moving north for that 15 years plus in the industry now. So I started at Wine. A lot of people might not know that I started at Horton Wines in WA in, in 2000 and spent six years in, in a big commercial winery. So um, Got that was stories from Wine, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely lots of stories from Wine. Um, but yeah, I guess learnt my cellar trade there. Um, did a little bit of um, education, did a, a general certificate in brewing and packaging through the IBD while I was there and then uh, moved to Gage in uh, 2006, so Gage Roads Brewing in, out towards Fremantle, uh, spent five or six years there, moved up from an house brewer to, um, to I guess a team leader for the last few years and then um, went to MASH in the Swan Valley in WA as well as a head brewer there, so spent another five or six years there and, and then moved, moved east to, to Helios, so I've been the head brewer here for about the same amount of time. Yeah, nice. So when you win a big award, um, is there pressure personally for you to repeat the magic, uh, or do you just take it as it take it as it comes? Uh, pressure, definitely. Um, I haven't won anything decent for a while. I've won a handful of gold since I've been here, which um, cuts me up a little bit. But um, <laughs> I guess when we had the success we had at Mash, you know, we got used to it. Yep. Um, with what beer was that one? Uh, copycat. So copycat. we won a couple of nice trophies, so two or three trophies with that, and we won a couple of other trophies as well at Royal Sydney, and um, obviously a big one was at Aber. We won champion Australian beer there in 2014. So yep. Yeah, you won champion Western Australian Brewery a couple of times at MASH as well. So, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely feel the pressure to, to keep 
this Keep is winning. straight high, yes, yep. um, personally. Yeah, yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it, too? Yeah, yeah well, it's not when you can't. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. I think I've made a, a, as, as good a beers here as I did in WA, but obviously the market and the industry's changed a lot yep. in those last five, six years, so. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, do you think beer judging is helping to improve the beers that brewers are making, or does there need to be some more education about, around the judging process as well? I think yes. I mean, obviously you need to know what's being conveyed back to you and a lot of brewers obviously will know that as well. Um, some of it still I feel, you know, I've been judging for a while now as well at the state and national level and, you know, I'm certainly not the best judge going around but I can get, get through it. Um, you know, a lot of it still is interpretive, I think. Mm. You know, you can send something you think nails a style category and it can come back, you know, not what you expected. So, yep. you know, there's learnings to be had from there. and. And if you adjust based on one year's feedback and then you go to the next year's feedback, you'll get something completely different. So, um, yeah, I think it does. You know, certainly fault finding, it can certainly help you with and you go, oh, I didn't actually know that. Or I might have been blind to that. Or, you know, you might get someone in on your tasting paddle, but... Um, Taste yeah. it after the fact. And yeah, absolutely. Go back and revisit it. So, um, you know, the quality and calibre of judges that we've got across the country is fantastic. So I've been fortunate yep. to judge with a lot of good people. What was the back end of that question? Um, does there need to be some more education around the judging process? Uh, yeah, overall? I think so. Um, I don't know how we do that, you know, whether that's an Indies thing. Indies have, have got a lot of really good things and a lot of really good initiatives going on, but, you know, the style categories are now becoming so diverse, you know, there's, you know, a handful or more of parallel categories, you know, that yep. we're really splitting hairs now between, you know, a firmly hopped, well-balanced, um, dry bit of beer, um, you know, with some nice malt in the middle, you know, there's actually loads of different categories there, you yeah. know, between, you know, classic Australian, modern Australian, New Zealand, um, New World, etc, etc, so I think, yes, probably. I wonder if that's some of the things to do with um, why they require now on a lot of entries, um, that the beer you enter has to be, that's what the label is and says as well, but it yep. helps to cut out some of that chaff and... Segment, I, well, segment I think that's a great there. idea and, and you know it's again it's another one of those things that the Indies have brought on and you know I think it's going to be great for the industry it's um, it's going to be great for the consumer as well you know I think it's really important to call a spade a spade and you know we all will probably refer to back to black IPAs you know yep. with things being branded as a black IPA winning champion Porter Stout and it's like yep. well you know what's the consumer you know <laughs> yeah. what, what, what message what do, do they know exactly and what so, do they want yeah yeah um, so yeah. yeah yeah cool with the public becoming more educated on faults in beer um, and brewing terms used in the industry itself. Does that make it harder to an extent to stand out? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think uh, to me standing out in the industry is, is more about brand awareness, marketing, um, you know, winning awards certainly helps, um, but I think there's a lot of breweries out there that are not winning a lot of awards uh, that, are, that are wiping the floor with a lot of us Kicking as well. So, absolutely. So, um, and fads, you know, you know, mm. you know my views on brewing <laughs> fads and, and, and what's, What's up and about, you know, flavour of the month is, is huge, so, yep. you know, it's not, it's not my kettle of fish, but, yep. um, yeah, I don't know if that's answered your question or not, but... I think, I think it does. Yeah. yeah. This interview break brought to you by our friends at Convoy. Alrighty, guys, so today I just want to go through with you quickly a couple of kegs so that you use these kegs. Uh, a lot of home brewers will know what a lot of these kegs are and then professional brewers will also know what these kegs are. Kegs range in different sizes, they're an awesome tool for storing beer. Um, you're normally the bigger is better, but that's not always the case. So for home brewing, this is a little two litre keg, 
which is amazing for test samples. You can also use it for cleaning water. So if you've got a homebrew keyser or something like that, you put your cleaning solution in here and it's easily, easily able to move through your keyser. So you can just plug it onto each different um, of your taps, run it through so that you can clean all your keysers and things like that. Because there's only two litres of stuff in here and you don't have that much water running through your keyser system. Normally when you're a home brewer, um, when you start moving into what's called kegs, you get these things. So these is called a corny keg. Um, I think it's because, I, don't quote me here, but I think the first company that made them was Cornelius. Don't know, a lot of people get these kegs from all over the place. So there's old Asahi style post-mix kegs and with all sorts of different fittings. Mine have ball lock fittings on these. These are 19 litres. Um, and basically, you can use these in your keyser. So a keyser is a keg freezer. Basically, people get a chest freezer and they convert it uh, with a temperature control module to only sit at about two degrees, maybe one degree, depending on their beer and their home system, whatever they've got, um, to be able to run beer throughout their system. So I've got an eight tap keyser in my house and I've got eight of these. I've actually got 12 of these kegs because I'm a home brewer. Um, and then you move into the big boys. These are 50 litres. Um, I've only got a 50 litre here, but in these ones, uh, Marianne had a chat with us from Convoy, so they got 30 litres. Um, this is what they use, and this is as big as you can get um, in professional brewing because it all comes down to ease of use and also workplace health and safety. You need to be able to move these kegs. Basically what you do with these big kegs, they've got a cap on them normally, you hold it and you roll it around like that. But yeah, this is the sort of different types of keg systems that you use. You use this professionally. A lot of some home brewers will have 50 litre kegs. They probably shouldn't because they need to pay money for them and they've stolen them from the back of the pub. But if they've got them, they've got them. Um, corny kegs, you'll find these anywhere. Man, new ones can range from about $120, $150. Sometimes you can pick them up for $99 on special. Generally, you can pick them up secondhand on Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree, something like that. Anywhere from 50 bucks a keg. What's a beer that you have always wanted to produce, but for some reason or another have never got around to throwing it in a tank? There's probably not a lot. You can lot. say Adam beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a good one just the other night, um, funnily enough. But there, there's probably been more, a few that I've made only once. Yeah. And you know, this is 15 years, 10 odd, 10 odd years as a HB that I've never got around to revisiting. Mm -hmm. uh, more so than stuff I haven't done. You know, certainly things I still like to do, but I think I've done a lot of what I'd like to do, to yeah. be honest. You know, uh, Porter's, you know, as a big Porter brewer, as a home brewer, you know, I've only made one commercial one. Yep. Um, Schwarzbier that we've spoken about a bit at yeah. length, I made a really nice one at, at MASH and, you know, I've just never found room or the market Smoked to launch that back in. Smoked Dunkel that we did a couple of years ago. With, um, with Stu's, um, uh, smoked, hazelnut smoked, um, or walnut. I think it was walnut smoked. Yeah, yeah I think it was walnut. So, yep. Yeah, that's I'd love to make commercially again. Yep. Um, so yeah, but it's not the right market, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, probably a few that I've made that I'd like to revisit for sure. Yeah, cool. Alcohol itself has a flavour and sweetness that it gives to beer. How much does that impact a recipe when you're designing a new beer that you've never brewed before? Um, not much, unless it's going to be big. Again, it's something we've talked about at length when you were here, and yep. you know, it's taken me a, a little while. Some generally, I'm pretty quick on the uptake. Sometimes I'm a little bit of a slow <laughs> learner, but it's taken me a little while. And you know, through various um, iterations, I guess of trying to clean up Zeus, you know, it still yep. carried that sweetness and that sweet length. You know, I guess it shows a little bit of my technical technical lacking, but. Um, 
but yeah, I, not really. Not unless it's something big. Not yep. unless we're pushing them somewhere north of seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll yep. take it into account. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Firm up yeah I, I think I remember when we were brewing Cerberus because um, we didn't want it to go over seven because we didn't want it to be sweet. Yeah, that yeah, push so, that yeah. And we'll throw that. It was a dry red. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah yep. cool. And bitterness will need to be taken into account with that as well, obviously yep. bringing that down to, yeah, to fit in that drier body. Yep. yep. Do you ever think we're going to get to a point in time with brewing beer that brewers run out of ideas or techniques um, and they all start to just get into one another like you were saying before about all the styles just getting separated that that's actually making it murkier rather than... Um, no, look, I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people out there that are very good at reinventing the wheel. And again, we're seeing, you know, an explosion in, in categories now. So, you know, but there, there's evolutions of stuff coming up all the time. And, yep. you know, I, I don't think so. You know, and if we do, it's probably going to be a little while away, Yep. to be honest. Um, you know, we always talk about lagers coming back as being the next patch. You know, I've yep. been hearing that for, you know, eight or ten years now and it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Every time I think I'm going to make one and get big on it, you know, they never come back. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I don't think so. There's going to be people reinventing the wheel for a while. Yep. Um, yeah, considerable time frame, I think. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, some people might not know, but you're on your way out of actually leaving Helios and probably by the time this gets released, you'll be down in Woolgoolga Brewing, down in, uh, just outside Coffs Harbour. What are you excited about most when starting um, working for a new brewery and what are you most nervous about? It might be one and the same. I guess going in, you know, I've got big history, uh, big success behind me. So, you know, probably no different than the pressure I put on myself when I came here. Yep. Um, you know, I expect a lot of myself, I expect to go in, hit the ground running. I expect to, to, to know how to run the kit very quickly, even though it's a kit I haven't obviously used before. And expect to make very clean high-end beers, like straight up. Yep. So, and that's excitement and nerves, yep. you know, that's what I expect to do, it's excitement and nervous whether I can actually execute it or not, but, yep. um, you know, I often joke, and you've probably heard it more than once at, at public speaking, you know, I often joke that it's one of the few good things, one of the few things I'm actually good at in life yep. is designing and making beer, so, um, yeah, and you also know that I'm quite good at designing, you know, turning my misses into hits, <laughs> hits too, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things, you know, uh, Woolgoolgoo is still in the infancy, you know, yep. they will have had their first birthday by the time this goes up as well, so, you know, I'm super excited, they've already got a beer coming out, for had a beer go out for that, so, yep. yeah, I guess the nerves are just about, you know, failing on my level, yep. um, yeah. I yeah. guess it's not, not meeting my own expectations yep. of what I'm capable of. Yeah, just personal on yourself. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. But excited for a lot. It's a great opportunity. So, sad to leave here, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've got a lot of love for this place. And, um, yep. yep. You've obviously been brewing for a while now. What's something you've learned and adopted or had to accept that was different from what you were previously used to doing? <laughs> uh, lactose. Uh, <laughs> uh, lactose, lower BUs. Um, yeah, from guys like yourself and Reese, you know, um, you know, I've always talk, spoken about not getting a lot out of Whirlpool additions, you know, liquoring yep. down, you know, actually cooling them down. You know, I think a lot of people still actually Whirlpool additions at, at you know, that 100 degree mark, you yep. know, so learning that stuff from you guys. So, um, yeah, I guess some of it's probably just styles, raw materials, techniques, um, dry hopping pre-post ferment, oh, yep. you know, something that we've taken on here as well Yep. Um, in the last 12 months, so, you know, I think I'm getting much better dry hopping success um, as far as freshness, vibrancy. Yep. Um, yeah, and yeah, a little bit of design as well, around yep. structure and around for the modern market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. This interview break brought to you by our friends at Bintani. You do need to do a little bit of maintenance on these. So these kegs have got 
that's the pressure release valve, right? These are your posts. So one of them is marked in and one of them is marked out. The out is where your beer comes out. In, that's where your beer goes, your gas goes in. So the gas goes in, pushes the beer down. So there's a dip tube, goes all the way down the bottom of this and that pushes the beer up the dip tube and comes out of this um, post here. So, release it, you flick that open, push that down, right? This is your keg lid. That's, that's your empty keg. Um, so that's how it works, it's pretty simple. It's not a lot of mucking around. Uh, you do need to be sure that you release the pressure before you open any keg. So that's, even with this, um, when you're cleaning kegs, it's normally a system that does it automatically. These ones, these smaller ones, they don't have that sort of luxury. You need to be able to do that. So this one, it's a little keg like that. Um, this still can hold a lot of pressure. This is very important. So if you try and screw this off when it's holding a lot of pressure, this thing is gonna be feeling like it's super tight and you're gonna pull it off. As soon as it's able to release pressure, it's gonna poof and shoot off and shoot into your roof or something like that. You make sure you release the pressure first. Do not forget that step. Now, if you ever buy secondhand kegs, you're gonna wanna do a seal check. You're gonna need to change these little things here. These are called O-rings. You wanna change those. This is called a post. So within here, this post, there's gonna be all sorts of more O-rings and other little bits of washers and things that you need to do. So there's a spring mechanism so that when you connect the post to it, the post pushes down and allows beer or gas to flow. Yeah, you can normally buy like a washer kit to replace all of those and get it all going again. These little ones, as you can see, the dip tube on this, it's flimsy, it's silicon, it's really, really good. Um, but this is what you use when you wanna do cleaning or if you just want to go to a picnic, take, take two litres of beer to a mate's house, you can have four pints each. What a great little system. Gas goes in the side, beer comes out the top. Same on this one, there's an in, there's an out. It's just how it works on this one. So these big kegs, um, that's basically just a big post. You just push that in and the beer comes out. Gas and the couplers rather. Uh, we'll go through the different couplers in a second. So couplers, we've got posts, gas and beer posts. On these, we've got different type of keg couplers. So there's A, D, S, G, M and U. Um, they're all different shapes and sizes. Not all of them you're gonna see or know. Um, generally in Australia, they're either A or S type. Sometimes you get Ds, um, but yeah. We'll go through that in a later video. Cheers, enjoy your kegs. What's a marketing term that you just despise having to put on your beer labels um, when they do okay. fall into that category? Okay. I knew that was going to be the answer too. But uh, I had to ask. <laughs> um, is it just oat cream or is there a no? Milkshake, thick shake, yeah. um, donuts, um, yeah, yeah, any sort of Skittles, yeah. you know, any sorts of raw materials. That's really look. I think oat creams can, you know, certainly something I'm dipping a toe in the water. I think made yep. well. They've got a lot to offer. Um, but yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, I don't do the novelty beer market well, and I don't yep. think we need to be doing that as an industry for cheap sales. But you know, I'm happy to argue or debate that with a, a lot of people. Yeah, I actually thought you were going to say DDH. So we were doing that in 2014 with Copycat. Yeah. You know, we just weren't smart enough weren't to, cool to brand enough it. To go, yeah. So, you know, we've been, doing, and we did it out of necessity. Yeah. Because um, we had to, we were scared of hot volcanoes. <laughs> but, you know, we were double dry hopping beers, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not new. Yeah. 
It's just whether you're smart enough to be able just to coin it. Good enough um, spin. And make your name on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah cool. But I do have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, and so final question is, these are pretty, uh, so this is Adzi's Fast 4-pack. Uh, so, so these are... Better get drinking. Yeah, yeah. These are just quick little questions. You should be able to answer them quite easily. Uh, what's the best beer you've drunk so far in the past year? Um, should be able to answer it quite quickly. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the recent batch of Cyclops. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's I'm probably going to put up there at a quick, so ours. Yep. Ours. yep. Yeah, cool. Um, what's a hop that you just love to use? I love old school US stuff, yep. you know, and I'm sort of going back to a lot of that, but Amarillo's and Cascades. Amarillo, yeah, yeah. we use a shit ton, so that's one of my favourites to build beers around. 100% thought you were going to say Sriracha Ace. Yeah, I'm pinch hitting with that a bit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amarillo we use a ton of, yeah. and I'll continue yep. to use probably a ton of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's good hop, mate. Uh, what malt do you like to include in most of your beers? Um, these days it's, again, it's, I can't probably narrow it down to one, but those lighter crystals, um, you know, Cara Hell, Cara Reds, yep. um, you know, those sort of 20 to 40, 60 to 80 EBCs, um, yeah, yep. Vienna's Munich's, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just, yep, yeah, cool. those, those lighter toasted malts. Yeah, nice. Sweet. Um, and is there a beer style that defines you as a brewer that's your go-to favourite? It's probably most things hop driven. I yep. still think IPAs, you know, I guess I made my reputation. That's a long way behind me now, but, um, or in, in my eyes anyway, but yeah, I guess probably IPAs. Yeah. I've yeah, got a pretty good, yeah, I dig them. Yeah, yeah. Go to them any day of the week. If I go to a bar, that's what I'm going to grab straight up. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, look on the menu for them. Yep. Yeah, sweet. Mate, that's it. Uh, All right, uh, fantastic. Mate, thank you very much for the chat. And, Cheers, man. Uh, yeah. Cheers. See you as always. Um, as you know, just spoke about it. Charlie's leaving Helios. He'll be down at Wilgorga Brewing Co. Uh, just outside of Coffs Harbour um, in a town called. Is the town called Whoopi? Uh, town's called Wilgorga. Wilgorga. Was referred to as Whoop Whoop, so that's where Whoopi's called. Oh, from. okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet as. Um, so by the time this has come out, that's where he's going to be. So you can decide if you want to go to make the trek down there or if you're down in that area already, drop in and say good day to Charlie. Cheers. Well, that's one voyage down and there's heaps to go. Obviously there's plenty more breweries, there's plenty more people to chat to and there's going to be some great more beers to drink. So if you enjoyed this voyage, come along, Aussie Beer Voyage, we're going to check out some others. Cheers.